welcome to the Monday edition of the weekly Whitcomb podcast. I'm Roger Henwood and I'm very pleased to be joined today by Alan and Pat Davey. Hello Alan and Pat. Hello. Hello there. Um, I'm sitting here in Bath uh, but where are you? Well we're in Bordeaux in the southwest of France. Ah that's interesting. Uh, Alan I've known you for many years, more years than I care to admit, um, but for perhaps many of our listeners, they won't know who you are. So perhaps tell us something about yourselves and what's taken you to Bordeaux. Yeah, in, um, up until 2005, we were engaged in pastoral ministry in, in North Wales, in an independent church, <clears throat> not far from Chester. Um, and then in 2005, we came to Bordeaux uh, to do a year of language study and then to engage in uh, outreach and church work in the city here. And is it just yourselves and Pat or do you have family? We have two children, uh, Gwilym who is 26 this year and Catherine who is 24, <laughs> I forget how old they are. Um, <laughs> they were eight and ten when we arrived. Um, yeah. So they've gone through the, the French education system? And... Yes, they have. Um, they both went to French school straight um, as soon as we arrived, actually. So they didn't have a word of French when we arrived. Um, so the first year was quite, uh, quite stressful for them, but they, they're fine. They're both um, bilingual. Having said that, Gwilym is now back in London. He got married, it'd be two years this year, um, to Beth. They met at Bible College. And at the moment, uh, Gwilym is working as a worship leader and art, something or other, I can't remember what we call it, doing videos and all the publicity of the church as well. And Beth has just finished doing a theological degree at LST. Right. So is there long-term future in the UK then, rather than...? Yeah, Gwilym will stay in the UK. Uh, he doesn't have any ideas of coming back to France or he likes to visit and show Beth around quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Catherine is probably, will probably stay in France. She's, um, she's doing a part-time theological training with the French church that is a, a branch off from the international church, which Alan will explain about. Um, so she's working with them. She's also teaching um, in an infant school, the same infant school that she went to when we arrived in France, funnily enough. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) So why France? I mean, I think of France as somewhere you go on holiday, and uh, I've actually had the pleasure of visiting you in Bordeaux, so I know what a a lovely city it is. So what what took you to France? Yeah, it was funny, really. We, um, in the church in North Wales, we had sent a couple. The church was planted in 1975, and by 2005, we'd sent a couple on short-term mission to Uganda. They'd spent, I think, two years there and uh, then came back. Um, and we really were praying that God would send people long-term into mission. And every time we prayed like that, um, I was aware that the people most free to go and most likely to go uh, were, were us. Mm-hmm. And so um, 
that, that was really uh, what was at the root of it. We'd also visited a little Spain and France. We'd heard over the years how the work of the gospel was much more difficult and slow in continental Europe than in the UK. Uh, but then when we visited, we saw it for ourselves and we would uh, always look for churches. We would go and worship on the Sunday, even if we didn't understand much. Um, and we'd be with a handful of people, met behind a cafe or um, in quite a large church, but with very little vision to reach the city. It was in things like this that kind of made us think that, um, that if we were going to go into mission, that... Um, continental Europe would be, would be where we would go. And then a door opened for us to come to France. We pushed the door and the door, uh, the door gave. And so, uh, so we came. Great. So what are you doing in Bordeaux? What does your work involve? Well, we're church planting. Um, we didn't come here with the goal of church planting, well, except in a funny kind of way. We came to work with, uh, in evangelistic outreach with students and also to help a French church plant. But then in 2013, we took um, a sabbatical uh, where we stayed in the city and talked a lot, walked around the city a lot, prayed with people a lot, um, and came to the conclusion that um, the city center of Bordeaux needed churches and that we could contribute to that by um, starting an international church in the middle of the city. We had a little group um, that was kind of like a Bible study group, really. And we said to them, are you game for this? Are you up for this? And they prayed about it. And we started in 2014, at Easter of 2014. Okay, so what does um, the International Church in Bordeaux look like in terms of when, when you meet together? Uh, I'm conscious that um, we're living in sort of exceptional times, but before the pandemic, what was, what yeah. was uh, church life like? Well, we've changed over the years. Uh, when we began, we began with 15 people and we met in a little restaurant that had 30 seats. I know because I counted them. <laughs> and um, I thought, oh dear, this isn't going to last for long, but it was a great place to start off. And uh, we look back on those times with a lot of um, joy and good memories. Um, we were at that time from all over the place. We were half students, half non-students, quite a few French people uh, who for one reason or another wanted to worship with us. As time went on, we spent about two years, I think, in the restaurant, longer than we should have done, and then eventually needed somewhere bigger to meet. And so now we share the Brethren uh, meeting room, and uh, they meet in the morning, and then we can meet whenever we want the whole of the rest of the week. And so we meet on Sunday afternoon. Mm. Um, we went through a phase where we were bilingual. So um, we would sing in English and in French. Readings were in English and in French. The sermon was a kind of uncomfortable lurching from one language to the other. Right. Um, people would pray in English and French. But then we had the opportunity to plant a French church. And so uh, an old friend of ours came down from uh, Paris, and he's now working in the city here to establish um, a work that is just in French. And uh, now we're entirely in English, although people can still pray in whatever language they want. Mm -hmm. And um, 
we're between 30 and 40 on a good Sunday, and they're between 30 and 40 as well in the French church. They are international as well, but all in French, and they have a few more families than us. We now have a couple of families, some small children. Um, we have still have quite a few students and uh, more and more couples that are settling in the city and establishing here. Mm. And you're an international church, so where, where do people come from? Is Bordeaux a, a big international centre? or? Well, we are an international centre, but not as big as, for example, somewhere like Paris or Lille or Lyon or Marseille would be. We don't have much industry. We, we are wine, really. Mm -hmm. A little bit of aeronautics, but really it's wine and tourism. So we have, you remind me of countries. China, America, uh, Indonesia, uh, Nigeria, um, France, of course, yeah. and the UK. The UK, uh, where's Ghana, isn't she? Uh, Dorcas and <laughs> Yeah. Ghana. Yeah. So we've, we've also had over the years, we've had people from um, places like Ukraine, uh, Latvia, Mexico. Uh, from Mexico. Yeah, we don't have many Latin Americans at the moment, but we, mm -hmm. we, we do a good line in Latin Americans. Um, can Canada, um, a variety of African countries. And also we have a young man from Kazakhstan at the moment. Um, he's the first Central Asian we've had. We have people from from India, um, and uh, and so on. So are these, all over the world. Are these people with Christian backgrounds or people who just not always? Um, yeah, not always. So some uh, some of the folks who we've seen converted were people from, for example, a Chinese guy came to us who was atheist when he arrived, and um, he left a believer and married one of, our, um, one of our friends and now lives in Wuhan, would you believe? Right. Um, yeah, our Kazakh is from a Muslim background. And so, yeah, not always from a Christian background. Mm -hmm. And in fact, sometimes the people who are not from Christian backgrounds um, are a little bit easier uh, in terms of integrating into the church. Mm -hmm. People from a Christian background sometimes uh, backgrounds can be quite diverse. Right. So how as a church are you sort of reaching out into your community? How, how do people know about Bordeaux Church? Yeah, well, um, publicity is on the internet, really, in a big city like Bordeaux. You can put posters up as much as you like, but kind of like there's a, there's a sea of posters all over the city. Um, so the internet, but in the, in the, in the end, it's uh, the same for us as for everyone else. People come to church if you bring them. Um, people hear the gospel if you tell them. Mm -hmm. And so um, uh, we see our goal as equipping people and um, envisioning them. That's not a very nice word, is it? But giving them the kind of vision of, of reaching their neighbours and their friends and their colleagues and um, getting involved in the life of the city in terms of, like, there's Border USA, there are choirs, there are music groups, there are reading groups, there are um, sports activities, and we, we try and get our folks to get involved in the life of the city as much as they can for the period that they're with us and to uh, have an impact in that way. Mm -hmm. 
We also do then the kind of classic things that churches do, carol services, uh, outreach for mothers and tots, um, and so on, that kind of thing. Do you want to talk about mothers and babies? And yeah, I guess. Um, one thing that we weren't used to having was was children um, when we first started out. And then suddenly, this is going to come to mothers and babies, but suddenly we ended up with two children. A family came from America who were actually French and but wanted to continue to worship in English. Um, the children weren't used to church at all. And whilst uh, we prefer that children stay in the service, uh, we started up a little Sunday school group. So then um, just for the two kids and then other children. So we've got about four altogether, I think. Um, so from that sprung the idea of um, the possibility of outreach to mothers rather than the babies, of course. So it's something that I've been thinking about for quite a long time. And so we launched this in September, October last year, I think, um, just one morning a week. Um, I belong to a mother's uh, group on Facebook, Mothers in Bordeaux. So... Um, I launched the idea on there and said, you know, is anybody interested? And got loads of people interested. Mother and toddler groups in France are not something that you see very much of. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so whilst there was a lot of response, about five people turned up. But that's mm -hmm. fine because the, the smaller the number, the easier it is to get to speak to these oh. mums and get to know them and build friendships. Um, so a couple of the other mums in church... Um, and uh, ladies have got involved in this as well. So there's about three or four of us that have been going along and then four or five mums with their babies have been coming along. So obviously the first question is, oh, why are you here? Why did you start this? What's this place and things like that. So we were just beginning to sort of get around to the idea of perhaps, you know, the, my, I, my dream was that we would have um, a Christianity explored group amongst the mums, but um, what with lockdown and everything, that's sort of gone out the window now. But I'm in touch with them again on Facebook. Uh, we did a little mother and baby group yesterday uh, with well, one of the mums came, but we're going to do it again next week and see what happens. Hmm. Good. So um, France, like the UK, is very much uh, affected by the, the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm guessing that's impacted your, your work. How, how is that um, working out for you? Yeah, we had a steep learning curve to begin with, as everyone did. In February, we had never heard of Zoom. In March, we lived on it. Mm -hmm. And so um, we began very, with a very, very simple kind of uh, meeting structure and added things in as we were confident. And now uh, our meeting is... Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's okay. Uh, we sing together. Uh, I say together, but we sing muting all our computers. So uh, you can't hear each other, but, you know, otherwise it'd be awful. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, then we have our kind of prayer life is online. We run a quiz online. We meet up in different groups online. And um, life has become virtual for a while. Mm -hmm. And is any relaxation of church meetings in, in, in view or do you not know at this stage? Yeah, the, uh, there's a possibility that we may be meeting um, physically from the beginning of June. Um, there's uh, uh, some pressure on the government to allow us to meet for Pentecost, um, but otherwise the date the government has in mind is June. 
-hmm. If the indicators continue to be good, then um, we should have a list of guidelines to follow and, um, and then be, be free to do that from June. Whether we'll actually do it is another matter. Some churches are saying, well, we're going to wait until September anyway, yeah. uh, rather than meet through June. And then the, the months of July and August in France are always very low numbers. So um, it may just not be worth doing it. Maybe it'd be better to live online until September. Um, mm. We'll decide that when we know what's available. So what are the, the sort of long-term goals that you have for the, the international church and, and indeed the, the French church that you are involved in? Yeah, well, um, to plant a multi-hundred church in the middle of Bordeaux would be very difficult uh, because finding a, a big meeting place is a real nightmare. Mm -hmm. uh, for up to 50 people, you can do it. Beyond 50, it starts to get hard and once you're in the hundreds it's it's really difficult so what we anticipate and what we'd love to see is a network of churches um, in the different areas of Bordeaux so we um, the the city divided Bordeaux into eight little um, what they call um, sumeri so under town halls um, and these little uh, Marie de Cartier, these little district town halls, uh, are strategically placed across the city. And what we'd like to see is a church for every uh, district like that. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, we would need something like five more uh, churches to be planted in the, in the middle of the city. And then in the suburbs, there's need as well for, for more churches to be planted. Um, for us, the Davies, uh, we would be scheduled to retire in five years. And so we're very much um, preoccupied with finding and training and seeing our successors um, kind of get settled into the church here and, and take over the reins progressively. Mm -hmm. So those, those are the two big things, really. More churches and stability uh, in the future for the international church. Okay. Um... That's great. Are there any other particular matters we should be praying for at this time? Yeah, there's one kind of personal. We're not entirely sure whether we'll be allowed to go to church when, uh, when we reopen. And that is because of underlying health issues. Our health is good. We have what I describe as um, robustly mediocre health, uh, which means that we're not pictures of fitness, but we're, we're okay, you know. Mm -hmm. But I am asthmatic. And um, asthma means that um, if you catch the coronavirus, that your, um, your illness is likely to have more complications and be more dangerous. So it's not clear whether we'll be allowed to, um, to meet with the church or not, or whether I'll have to continue ministering online, even if the church is meeting physically. Right. So we'd love clarity about that yeah. and for us to kind of adjust to that and cope with it really, and find our way through it. God is able, he'll sort it all out. He's doing, he's doing uh, good things through all of this, mm -hmm. and we're convinced of that. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Pat and Alan, for sharing. Um, let me just pray for you before we wrap up. Um, so, Father in heaven, we thank you for Alan and Pat and the work that they're doing in Bordeaux. We 
thank you too for their children, Catherine and Gullim, and just commend them to you in their different spheres of work. And we thank you for the, the church that you've established there in the centre of uh, Bordeaux, for the International Church and its sister French Church. We pray that these would be the first of many churches established in that city, that the, the gospel would transform lives. We thank you for all those who've come to know you in uh, recent times, and we pray that you would continue to, to build your church there. We pray too for um, succession planning as Alan and Pat uh, contemplate retirement in a few years' time. Pray that you would raise up other workers to work beside them. And we do pray for the particular challenges that the pandemic has brought, and, and particularly as uh, restrictions are, uh, are loosened, that as the churches are able to meet together, we pray that Pat and Alan would be able to be part of that and wouldn't be further restricted. So Lord, we do thank you that you are at work building your church, even in places like France, which have this reputation for being so uh, secular and, and difficult. We pray that you would use our current circumstances to soften hearts, to raise questions in people's minds. And we pray that you would continue to bless the work of the church there in Bordeaux. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Roger. Thank you. Thank you both very much. It's been lovely to be with you.